0: Once again, to combat sports with Ryan Orr, as we affectionately call it over here CSWR episode forty. A nice round number, old four zero. So, what do we have for you on this episode forty? We got all kinds of things, right? We had a very busy weekend in the landscape of combat sports and especially mixed martial arts. Uh, today, we're going to have our recaps from Tuesday's Dana White Contender Series, uh, the recap of Bellator two forty five and two forty six main cards. A little quick blurb about the BKFC full ufc vegas tent breakdown drea's fight of the night tonight changing it up a little bit uh some great rhino gang q and a dude and then later on we will have bellator featherweight contender big bad olga rubin as she goes 10 rounds with Rhino. so shout out to my boys in the lonely island as i say get our swim trunks and our flippy floppies on let's go ahead dive right in already tuesday's Dana White contender series uh and I got some shit for this, by the way. Looking at you, Scott Nolan and rages Sweet Potato, saying they thought I was gonna have a hard time with his name. So I studied it, and I'm still probably not gonna do it perfectly. But Ali Ozkab, terziev versus Henrik Sugimoto, and uh, uh, Ali got the uh, got the win, first round rear naked choke, and he also got the contract. Kid looks good. I think we're gonna hear from him down the road. Uh, And then Draco Rodriguez got the triangle choke over Manna Martinez. Also got a contract. Big Phil Hawes, who I've seen before on the regional scene, got the first round TKO uh, over Bestiev. He also got a contract sherard Blackledge got the UD over Cameron Church. He did not get a contract, I don't believe. And then the best fight of the night, the most amazing uh stoppage of that of that card was uh Tefan Nju and Enju- Enju- uh beat Al Matavo by a beautiful head kick, brutal KO, dude, from a head kick. Great stuff. Looking forward to seeing all these guys uh get into the UFC and see what they can do from the beginning. So that moves our way into Friday's Bellator 245 card. Um, we'll we'll go ahead and start with uh, Kat Zingano. Got a UD over Gabby Holloway. Not, not the most exciting. Very grapple-heavy. Not a ton of damage done either way. But good to see Kat Zingano. She'd been gone for over a year. Uh, good to see her back in the cage. It, it's hard not to like her. She's got a phenomenal story. Great attitude. So good on her for getting her uh, Bellator win. Then the surprising, I mean, I thought Ed Ruth was for sure going to be Taylor Johnson, but nope, real early, <laughs> we got the old uh, sub in one by via heel hook for Taylor Johnson. Uh, and then the nut shot around the world, dude, Raymond Daniels, who of course I'm very high on, the guy's a phenomenal kickboxer, uh, versus Peter uh, Stanovic, dude, a horrible, it was really two in a row, but the second one was absolutely horrible. Uh, Peter had to go to the hospital it was considered it was called a no contest You uh, really could have made a case for a fucking disqualification there because he did it twice but Raymond Daniels is not a dirty fighter I don't think he meant to do it at, uh, by any stretch but man Peter's nuts holy shit that went around the fucking twitter like wildfire man everybody's showing that clip and men all over the world even some women were like god that looked horrible yeah it is and so i'm glad that peter's okay we look to see him back in there and then the uh the main event was phil davis versus leota the dragon machida uh, again not a very exciting fight very grapple heavy um not a lot of explosions a lot of tit-for-tat kind of stuff phil davis got the split decision I, you could have made a case for Machida, but I thought Phil did enough to win. But again, not a fight I want to talk too much about. Not the most exciting thing in the world. All right, so uh, moving into the bare knuckle, I'm just going to do the the co-main and main uh, because they are all UFC vets. We had Hector Lombard going against Kendall Grove. Kendall Grove, you'll remember, longtime UFC guy, tough uh, competitor, six foot six. 185 or Hector Lombard, about five foot three. He looked like in there, but it didn't matter. He got the TKO over Kendall, uh, in the in the bare knuckle fighting championship. And then the main event was Tiago Alves, who gosh, I've been watching for forever. If, if you don't remember him, man, he fought Matt Hughes, uh, he fought a lot of good fighters in the UFC. Good guy, had to take a, a while, a break for a while. He had some sort of brain, uh, brain scan that came back bad. So he was gone for a while, but then he turned out he was okay. So he came back and he fought julian lane and this was a very close fight both guys got really uh beat up pretty good in this one split decision for tiago Alves in the bare knuckle fighting championship all righty moving into Bellator 246 saturday night also from connecticut which is where 245 was also held uh the main event we had john fitch longtime ufc guy really good record really boring fighter uh he lost to neiman gracie via heel hook in round two then we had liz carmouche pioneer i will call her liz carmouche First fight ever in the UFC for two women when she fought Rhonda Boo, Ronda Rousey Boo, and Liz Carmouche got, I was glad to see her get the win, got a rear naked choke over Deanna Bennett in uh, the third round. Moving into the 155 division in Bellator, we had uh, Keone Diggs, got the RNC over Derek Campos in round three. And then the fight that was actually exciting and fun and cool, and I really enjoyed Juan Archuleta versus Patchy Mix. Juan got the unanimous decision, clear-cut win. He wins the 135-pound belt, uh, the abandoned weight title in Bellator. I have a very uh, significant, emotional, invested stake in the Bellator 135-pound division. Uh, both my dudes, Rafion Stotts and Gentleman Josh Hill, are in the mix for that title. In that title hunt, I really look forward to seeing what goes on next. I believe Sergio Pettis gets the next shot at Juan, and then you know, I think the waters will clear up after that, we'll see how Rafion and uh, Gentleman Josh Hill equates into that mix. So now we're going to get into our complete UFC Las Vegas 10 breakdown. Um, beginning on the card, we had Sabina Mazo got the third round submission via RNC over Justine Kish. This was a fun fight, man. There was lots of leg kicks for Kish, nice high kicks for Mazzo. Uh, Sabina Mazo was just more accurate than Kish. She had a nice reach advantage. I uh, landed a beautiful high kick for Mazzo took fucking kicks onto her ass sunk in the RNC big win for Sabina Mazzo. Very cool fight. I, I, again, I enjoyed that very much. Uh, then Brian Barberina versus Anthony Ivy. This was a tale of Barberina trying to keep it on the feet and scrap and Anthony Ivy trying to get to the ground and beat up Barberina on the, on the ground. Uh, Ivy did a good job, but he was on the feet. He just didn't like doing it. And they traded a lot. There was a lot of good exchanges. Uh, Ivy got rocked a couple times. Barbarina took some good shots. It was an exciting fight. I enjoyed it. Uh eventually Barbarina got the very clear unanimous decision. He he outstruck Ivy 166. To 65. So if you outland your opponent by 100, you're in pretty good shape for a win, right? Uh, then moving into the catch catchweight, uh, Brock Weaver, boo! Brock Weaver, boo! Going against Jalen, the Tarantula Turner, yay! Jalen Turner, <laughs> this one was awesome. Jalen Turner rocked uh, Brock later. You know he dropped him, uh, had a late takedown in round one. Jalen dropped Weaver again, slapped on the RNC. I loved it. The only weird part was was when he dropped him, he. Brock didn't want to get up, right? Jalen was like, I'm not coming to the ground with you, dude. I want you back up on the ground. But they later finished him on the ground. So a very interesting uh, part of that fight. I really, really enjoyed it. Jalen Turner is, the he- is like a hero for last night, dude, for all of us who are dog lovers. Boo, Brock Weaver, boo. Yay, Jalen Turner. All right. Moving on to a very interesting uh, <laughs> very interesting heavyweight matchup. Uh, Alexander Romanoff uh, over Roque Martinez from Guam. Shout out to Guam. Uh, Romanov, you know, it it was one-way traffic, dude. He kept taking Roke down and ground and pounding on him. Nothing really significant. Roke did a, or rock did a good job of of defending his head, but there was a beautiful slam, like an overhead throw slam that was awesome. Romanov is a big strong dude. Uh, Martinez looks like he's pretty long in the tooth. did Didn't look like he was in the best of shape. So the the second round sub with the head and arm choke for Romanov. I look forward to seeing him again, dude. I think that guy's got some real good skills and uh you know the heavyweight division is not real deep right now so he could make a run here in the not too distant future all right rolling down to <clears throat> the surprise of the night i think or at least one of them uh roosevelt roberts versus newcomer kevin kroom dude kroom uh, came in on super duper short notice threw a left hook right away dropped him uh, and then uh when he got up roberts got up he, kroom put on a standing guillotine and submitted him fast so Kevin Crew man got to live the got to live the dream and come in on short notice and I mean he's a veteran he had like thirty something fights or something like that but he fucking it was his first time in the UFC and Roberts loses again so man I don't know what's next for Rosa but he looked like a pretty hot prospect at first but not looking so good right now <laughs> so good on Kevin Crew man another uh, Kansas City Missouri guy uh, coming in and doing some work uh, moving into Julia Vila versus Sachara Eubanks sajara eubanks looks like a totally different fighter dude she is her looks better but it was mostly her work on the ground that got her to the unanimous decision last night i had actually picked julia to win that was a mistake sajara eubanks is firing on all cylinders that's two in a row uh she looks good she looks strong and there hasn't been any wake-up problems with her which has plagued her throughout her career so good on her good win for sajara eubanks and i look forward to seeing what's next julia is still a very good fighter Uh, They had some nice exchanges. She needs to fight somebody who wants to keep it standing, I think, for her to have a successful uh, move forward into the next one. All right, moving on. Unfortunately, uh, Danger Schnell versus Tyson Nam got scrapped. Uh, Matt Schnell uh, had a very tough weight cut, and apparently he collapsed and fainted on the scale or prior to going to the main scale so again i i hate when guys especially guys his tall and his age try to make 125 it's just brutal uh i, I don't want to get too far into that but i'm glad he's okay but that fight was definitely scrapped. all right then moving into the heartbreaker for the old cswr crew man on the main card our homie kyle the monster nelson uh, had a great first round versus billy quarantillo um you know it was a good scrap billy kind of pulled ahead a little bit in the second round and then early in the third uh kyle got caught with a big shot billy quarantino gets the win from the from the punch good fight man and and, you know we know kyle nelson we're still riding with you buddy we know you're going to be back and we uh we don't we don't bail on people just because they take a uh just because they take a loss you know what i mean you're our dude and we're riding with you through the fucking end my man so shout out to the kyle the monster nelson and big shout out to uh billy quarantino for a great performance last night uh moving into bobby green versus alan patrick uh one way traffic, dude. Bobby Green did a great job on the takedowns. He did a great job slipping punches. He, his strikes were clean. Um, and he got the clear UD over Alan Patrick. The the thing that was kind of the interesting uh subplot to this was he said he had he had just he, he caught the video of uh the wrestling coach uh who had who had been killed over in the Middle East and he said it really messed with him. Uh he even he talked about it with Michael, he talked about it afterwards in his press conference. And yet you really don't think about things like that, how uh, even just seeing an image and having like the magnitude of what happened to that uh, young man affect you right before you're going in for a performance of a fight. Very, very sad. Indeed. Um, Bobby was able to, even though he even said he was fucked up about it, he was able to kind of uh, fight through that, that it is in his mind and be able to uh, get a nice win over Alan Patrick. So another win for the resurging Bobby green. So let's keep an eye on him, man. He's doing great uh lately uh here comes the controversial fight of the night which i got some questions on when we get into the rhino gang later ed Shortfuse herman versus mike rodriguez mike rodriguez was uh really winning the fight man he his clinch work his knees his elbows he, mike rodriguez was winning the fucking fight then it's there was a phantom nut shot a a clear knee to the stomach which herman went down from uh asmr of chris tognoni thought it was a low shot I don't know how you think it's a low shot if you don't see it land low, right? I, I just don't know how that's your conclusion. But Short Fuse just sat on the ground, and, and then and and, and Tognoni was like, "Oh, that's enough, you know, stop, stop." And uh, low low shot, low blow, and and fucking <laughs> Mike Rodriguez is sitting there like, "What are you talking about? I need him in the stomach." But they gave it Herman time to re- you know time to recover from that body shot. Later, Herman gets the uh, gets the submission. Um, again, that's bullshit. We'll talk about it more a little bit later. Mike Rodriguez, I'm sorry that happened to you. It's bullshit. Ed Herman, yeah, uh, we'll talk about more about that later. Now let's get into something that's feel good. Roxanne, the happy warrior modifier, gets the unanimous decision over Andrea KGB Lee. This was... You know, this was Andrew KGB Lee trying to implore her Muay Thai and her striking, and Roxanne doing a good job of slipping, good job with her footwork, staying in the fight on the feet, not landing too, too much, but had some nice jabs and some nice leg kicks, a couple of nice right hands. Uh, but when she got her on the ground, she did a great job of holding top position. She did some nice little ground and pound. Who doesn't love Roxanne Modifieri? If you don't love her, there's something wrong with you, man. He, she is just the best. Been around for like 17 years as a pro, phenomenal person, great fighter, great win over Andrea KGB Lee, super stoked. So Roxy got that done at 125 in the female 125-pound division, so UD for her. Uh, Moving into the quick fight, man, Otman Azatar beat Kama Worthy in just 93 seconds. They just kind of felt each other out for about a minute, not much happened, and then Otman just blitzed him. And smash Kama with a nice combination, put him down, finish him with a little bit of GMP, like legit, dude. 93 seconds in, Ottman gets the win. They got to give him a big bump in in competition because he's just blitzkrieking through people. And he's a good-looking prospect out of Morocco. So good on him. Kama Worthy is still a good fighter, and I still think we'll see him down the road again. He's definitely not done. Um, Kama Worthy is a good fighter. He just got caught up in a beautiful combination from Ottman. So good on him. And, all right, so that's uh, uh, our way into the main event and what a main event it was. So, D-Ray, let's go ahead and give Drea a call, and we'll include her on this awesome main event breakdown. All righty, ladies and gentlemen of the Rhino Gang. Now we've got our feature player, Drea, joining us on the line. We are going to break down the main event from last night and what a main event it was. Angela Hill versus Michelle Watterson. What a fight. So, Drea, what what was your overall take on the uh, main event last night between Michelle and Angela?
1: Well, it was a close fight for me, um, but ultimately I feel that uh, rounds one and two, I think uh, Angela was more the active and accurate fighter connecting with more, you know, more of her strikes. Obviously the round three uh, went to Watterson, you know, with her takedown and control time, um, as well as the fourth I gave to, to Watterson. Um, The fifth round I thought was, was really close. Um, They both threw everything that they had and, you know, finished off strong. I thought it was an excellent fight that honestly could have gone either way uh, in my opinion, but uh, they gave it to Waterson, which I'm fine with. I also would have been fine with the, you know, going to Angela. They both, they both threw down and that was a hell of a fight.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. It was, it was an amazing fucking scrap. They really put out there. Uh, all kinds of really cool techniques you don't see all the time. They really brought the heat with their punches and kicks. The, here's, the, here's the difference for me, and I, had it the exa- I scored it the exact same way you did. I had mm-hmm. rounds one and two for Angela Hill uh, for Overkill, and then I had her in the fifth too. Uh, definitely had uh, Michelle Waterson in the third and the fourth. The fifth is kind of the, I think, the one that's going to be the most debatable. For me, mm-hmm. the reason that it, I gave it to Angie was there, Michelle was landing some stuff. Angie was landing some stuff. Angie was landing harder stuff, I thought, and then there was that there was that spot in like the middle of the round where um, Michelle went, had her back up against the cage, and Angie landed three or four knees and a nice elbow. I thought that was the mm-hmm. coolest exchange in the whole fifth. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. really needed over for for overkill for me, but. Yeah, I'm not going to debate on this one too hard. I had Angela Hill winning, but in no way, shape, or form was it a robbery, as far as I, as far as my opinion goes. Michelle Waterson got a great win. Angela Hill, what a performance from both of these ladies. It was nonstop action, lots of lands. Michelle looked like she took more damage, but again, great fight. I loved it. I'm I'm super like honored to have watched it between both of these two, uh, both of these two ladies. So very cool fight. So If you didn't have anything more to add on that one, let's go ahead. And we're have we going to institute this into our show sometimes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, So there's not always going to be a Drea's Drop of the Night that's going to fit into the program. Some cards just don't have a lot of them, not a lot to choose from. Uh, So definitely we also want to include this segment, which is Drea's Fight of the Night. So on the nights where we don't have a great drop that we want to include, it's going to be Drea's Fight of the Night. So Drea, for your new segment, Drea's Fight of the Night. Who is going on the mantle with the trophy for the inaugural one? Who do we got from last night?
1: I'm going to give the fight of the night to Michelle Karate Hadi Watterson versus Angela Hill. What a fight. Those ladies, it they put it all out there and um, they threw down until the final bell. So it was such a close fight uh, that I think it could have gone either way. But congrats to Michelle on her win. Um, so there you go. My fight of the night is Watterson Hill.
0: Couldn't agree with you more, Andrea. That was fucking beautiful, phenomenal, all things excellent about that fight. I, I loved it from start to finish. That was interesting, too. It was really good from start to finish. There was no major lulls, there was no oh, major definitely. inactivity. It was a roller coaster of action. I ah, can't mm-hmm. say enough good things about both of those fighters. And uh, we'll get into a little bit more about what's next for Angela Hill a little bit later on. So, next weekend, my, my feature player, we've got. A phenomenal card to go I'm ahead so and break that.
1: It's so exciting indeed. I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> that, always makes me think of the, that always makes me think of the of the meme. I'm so excited. I
1: know. I use it all the time.
0: I know you do. <laughs> all right. So uh, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and get it started. So on the main card for uh for next weekend's UFC, we've got Dare the Dentist Stewart versus Kevin Holland. This one was a really this is a really interesting fight. I think it could go a lot of different ways, but since we've got to make a pick, I'm going my man, Darren the Dennis Stewart, third round TKO over Kevin Holland. What about you?
1: I'm actually going to take Kevin Holland on this one, and I'm just going a unanimous decision for Kevin Holland.
0: Going the distance between Kevin Holland mm-hmm. and Darren Stewart already. Then we've got Mackenzie Durham versus Random Marcos. Um, I've got Mackenzie Durham via, via submission in round two. What about you?
1: Same same exact i have a sub in the second for mckenzie drink
0: all righty so we're saying he's on that one then we got the return of johnny walker versus ryan span i again this is a very interesting fight both very tall very lanky guys um I don't know. You know, I was really up in the air on this one for a while. I finally decided now I'm gonna go with Johnny Walker via unanimous decision over Ryan Span. What, what what do you pick for that one, Andrea?
1: I debated back and forth on it too, going, you know, I don't know, is Johnny Walker gonna make it back? I, he had a big hype train that he fell off of um on his last two fights. But I I'm right. going I'm going Johnny Walker. I think this might be the win that he um that he gets to bring him back. So I'm going unanimous decision for Johnny Walker as well.
0: All right. Then we got the, uh, the the guy on everybody's lips. We got Chamaya going against Gerald Mershart. This is interesting because they said if if Chumaya gets through Mershart, Gerald Mershart, then he can booked, he's, he gets he's booked for Damian Maya right. Yeah. So that's kind of a disrespect of Gerald Mershart, but you know, we'll, we'll see if he can uh we'll see what's gonna happen there. But again, I think Shamaev is is really, really good. I think he, he does have the right amount of hype behind him. I don't think he's a flash in the pan. I think he really is the real deal. And I got him. I think Gerald Merchardt's very tough, but I got Shemayev winning by uh, third round TKO for Shemayev uh, over Murshard. What about you? I'm
1: um, going Shemayev as well, um, but I think he's going to do it in the second round. I know his last couple fights he went ahead and did it in the first, but Mershard I think, um, may hold on a little, a little bit longer. I'm going Shemayev round two TKO.
0: Alrighty, Then this one is so tough. Mm. I, mean, dude, this one I didn't want
1: to. so tough. I love um, both of them.
0: I know, right? That's the thing. That's the problem. And it's like one of these mm-hmm. situations where it's like you really like both fighters. So my, literally my, in the active UFC, this is my. Favorite fighter and in my top three of all-time favorite fighters, Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Four losses in a row going against Nico Price, another guy who I really, really like, dude. Mm-hmm. I like the way he fights. I like both their attitude. I just, oh, man, this was a really struggle to pick. But I'm going to go full court of zone on this one. I'm going all heart overhead. <laughs> I'm going Cowboy Cerrone, split decision in a barn burner against Nico Price. Yes, I may regret it later, but I don't care. I'm rolling with the Cowboy. Split decision over my also my dude Nico Price. What about you, Drea?
1: Uh, I'm going Cerrone, uh defeating Price as well. I'm going to unanimous decision though on that. I, I hated even having to pick because I love both of them. Usually, when you have like a mind versus heart pick, it's a little bit easier. You're like, oh, I'm just going to go with my heart. But this one, like, I love Price. He's, you know, super nice guy. Um, super respectful. I has I like has I like everything. fourteen
0: has like fourteen children, you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> has one for
0: a couple of weeks, it looks like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. When does he make time for fighting? I don't uh, I know, right? He's busy too. Like
0: well, we know he's in good shape yeah. anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I am I'm I'm hope I really I'm hoping that Cerrone gets a win. Like you know, the four losses. Um I'm I'm hoping for a win for him. So we're gonna go unanimous decision for
0: Cowboys. All right, so we got Cowboys. Calvary- for UD for Dre and then ugh I don't like doing this <laughs> one either because I I you know I'm not a huge Tyron Woodley fan I never have been but I mm-hmm. loathe Colby Covington mm-hmm. um but I just think Colby is going to so here's what I'm saying okay I hope Tyron catches him I hope Tyron separates from consciousness I hope he gets smash i hope i hope Tyron smashes Colby I don't think that's gonna I happen. don't think
1: it's gonna happen I think colby
0: is going to use his uh, incredible cardio, his forward pressure, make it ugly, make it dirty, lots of um, in-close, you know, lots of dirty boxing, lots of in-close punches and knees, and I think he's going to UD Tyron Woodley in their fight, so I think Colby Covington wins by unanimous decision over Tyron Woodley, but I'm hoping and fingers crossed, way. <laughs> fingers crossed that Tyron Woodley crushed, crushing overhand right or something and knocks Colby out, but I think Colby's going to win. Yeah. UD, what about you?
1: We're like on the same page this week. Um, I feel the same way. I'm not a Colby fan. I'm a, f- I hate to say I'm not a fan. I'm a fan of his fighting style and how he fights him as a person. He's just, he's disgusting to me, but um, I'm, I'm taking him. I'm going Colby uh, unanimous decision over Woodley.
0: Yeah, dude, it's, yeah, that's
1: just, okay. Let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, moving so, on.
0: <laughs> so that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be next Saturday. So okay, so let's get into our uh, awesome Twitter questions. I know the first one comes from our both of our homie Cyrus King, the king of food porn on old Twitter. There, so Cyrus, what do you got for us this week, my dude?
1: Do you agree with this fight was more about Angela than Michelle? We know Michelle would never be champion. Does this mean Angela will not be either?
0: No, never is too big of a word for to use with somebody like Angela Hill. She is a fantastic fighter. She still has the ability to 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 try to get in the mix for gold at 115. I, I again I thought she won last night, right? I thought she won three to mm-hmm. two. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna slide her down the list and say she's out of it by any stretch. Um she still has this, this skill set and the capability. Yeah, you know, she's in her 30s already, but it doesn't really matter because i have talked about it at length. That it's not the age, it's the miles. And she doesn't have a ton of miles on her. Uh, she comes out of a lot of her fights, even the ones she loses without a ton of damage taken. She's always improving, ever evolving. I think Angela Hill absolutely at some point in the next few years could. And, and you know, there's always peaks and valleys for these divisions. Like right now, 115 is very top heavy, uh, not the deepest division, but they're, they're not shallow either. But in a couple of years, who knows, you know, who knows what could happen. So, no, I, I think Angela Hill could definitely still possibly contend for a title at some point with her skill set and her work ethic. And, um, yeah, that's just how I see it. So great question. Cyrus, my man. Uh, check out Cyrus King's stuff. He is he is amazing. Wonderful human being. Puts out great food from all over the world and like backstories to it so you can learn a little bit because we need to learn more. <laughs> there's uh MMA Twitter, we got its always, always, ever, ever learning around here. All right, next one comes from my dear homie, Raging Sweet Potato, from up in Canada. What does he have for us, Drea?
1: Rhino, my man. What a weekend of—well, there's no polite way to say it, but nut shots both real and phantom, my question is about the latter. When the outcome is inevitably appealed, are the mistakes made by the ref and the dishonorable tactics chosen by Herman going to be the catalyst that will bring about some sweeping changes to MMA officiating? Could a phantom nut shot really be enough to polarize the MMA world into rallying for change and finally bring these officials to task?
0: Uh, Yeah, dude. First of all, I love that you said dishonorable like that. It made me think of like an old Kung Fu movie, like dishonorable. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Dude, I'm always very skeptical that any phantom groin shot or a real like a horrific groin shot like Raymond Daniels landed uh, on the dude. I don't think that's going to change any policy or how the officials handle low blows it, it to affect change in the MMA rule set is so close to impossible. I can't even fucking fully articulate it. The, the old adage of it, it's just how things have always been done. It's so hard to change that narrative, dude. Uh, it's so hard for, it's so time consuming and it's, there's like so many steps that have to fucking get hurdled for anything to be, uh, changed. Look at, dude. look at mma in new york for example right how long did that take that took years of lobbying and things like that we're just talking about a rule change i get you but yeah for me the big fuck up was uh chris Tagnoni, not who i call asmr ref because of the soft spoken nature. but <laughs> ed herman ed herman sold it like a wwe wrestler that was bullshit um Tachnone's the one if you didn't see it you can't call it as a nutshell if you didn't see it and you couldn't see it because it didn't happen so, no, that's that's on him. He can't do that. Should he have used the uh, replay? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if it's not going to take forever, get the monitor up real quick, take a look at it. You see it only land in the stomach. Oh, no, sorry. That's a TKO for, for Rodriguez. I would have been fine with that. But, to, again, to to get things to really, really change, particularly in MMA, it takes a long time. I don't think what happened over the weekend or what's been happening recently with the Nutschats is enough to affect any sort of policy change or change unfortunately race sweet potato my fellow beagle enthusiast thank you very much for the question my dude all next we have uh dave frets who if you guys don't already know check out dave frets at dave frets and at solo shoes the einstein of graphic design and mom main homie what do you got for us this week dave
1: judo wanted to know your favorite mma fighter and I'll expand on that. Who is your favorite to come out of 2020 during COVID with all these new prospects? Who do you have your eye on? Let's go with the top three to watch.
0: Absolutely, dude. So first of all, hey, Judah, my buddy, the combat sports Rhino right on mascot. The uh, my favorite fighter who's currently in the UFC still is my man Cowboy Cerrone. My favorite all time is Chuck Liddell. So I think I've answered that before, but you know he's got a lot in his mind. Uh, <laughs> my favorite, <laughs> my favorite, uh, coming out of this kind of recent crop of fighters are as follows, dude. First of all, and they're in no particular order. Uh, uh, Sean Brady. He had, he had the phenomenal wins over uh, Nardiev and Aguilera recently. He's a former trading partner of uh, Paul the Irish Dragon Felder. Paul is huge on him. I thought he looked great against both of those guys. Sean Brady is definitely somebody to watch. Uh, Impa Kasangane, who I talk more about in the voice questions, uh, what a dude. He gets his fight in the contender series and then immediately comes out like two weeks later and beats Coconut Bombs. That's amazing. Impa Kasangane, dude, he's definitely somebody to watch, and then thirdly would be Amanda Rebus, look at her last wins, dude Uh, Rand Marcos, Mackenzie Dern, and Paige Van Zandt, all coming out of a young uh, lady like Amanda Rebus, who was not super duper deep experience before that so for sure, dude, Sean Brady, Impa Kasangane, and Amanda Rebus are three of all, really impressed me with their in cage skills as well as their attitudes their approach to the fight game, so on and so forth, so yeah, Rebus Brady Kasangane. Those are my three answers on that one. Great question, Dave. Talk to you soon, Judah. Take care, buddy. All righty. So that's going to move us into our voice question. So at this point of the show, we say goodbye to our dear friend, the feature player, Andrea, who killed it as always. Andrea, we are so glad you are a part of the show. We appreciate you and we will talk to you next week. All right. Have a good week. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into our voice questions. I know my first one comes from my fellow bald headed Midwestern brother, Ryan the Mixed Man. What do you got for us this week, my dude?
1: Oh, hey there, Rhino. It's your boy Mixed Man from Minnesota. Yeah. Hey, we've had a fucking sweet season of Dana White's Contender Series. So many great fights, so many dudes getting signed. In uh, your professional bald man estimation, Who's gonna make a mark? What fighters out of all the dudes signed
0: so far this season are you excited for? Get at me, dude. Bro, the, the guy who really sticks out the absolute most from the Dana White Contender Series this season, and I just talked about him a little bit on one of the uh, rattle getting Twitter questions. Imka Kasangane, dude. He already made his UFC debut, a uh, UFC debut. Excuse me, beating Coconut Bombs. He's super young and still very green, but man, this guy has got everything you need besides in cage experience at this point the 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 ceiling is all the way fucking to the top with this dude, with his strength, with his explosiveness, with his coaching, because he listens to his coaching very well. Very fight, high, high fight IQ, really, really high on Impa Kasangane. So that is definitely my pick for that one, my dude. Uh, so, yes, thank you very much for calling in and asking that one, Ryan, the Mixed Man, who I believe he said he was too hungover last week to uh, <laughs> to call in. So we're glad to have you back on the show. And I know my next one comes from the big homie, Jim soon Jim soon what do you got for us this week, my dude?
1: What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? Rhino and the Rhino gang. Hope you all are doing well. Uh, my question for you this week is... The main event of USC Apex 10. I had no problem with Michelle winning that fight. Uh, I see a lot of people on there going for Angela I want Angela to win, but I had no problem with them giving Michelle the win. I had no problem to give giving Angela the win, to be honest with you. So that's my question for you is... Who do you think won the main event? And part two of that question is, what's next for Angela Hill? Because that's two losses she's had where technically she could have won either way, you know? So, that's my question for you. Keep up the great work, buddy. We love the podcast. And you know, motherfuckers, it is always 420. Peace.
0: Yeah, man, I, I'm with you. I had an Angela 3-2 to two also, but again, it, it, in no way, shape, or form did I consider it a robbery. Very, very close fight. Both ladies put on a hell of a performance. Uh, as far as what's next for Angie, I, I'm thinking maybe Virna Jandaroba, dude, because uh, I don't think Angie's has slipped very much in the rankings with that very close loss. Uh, Jandaroba and, uh, would be a good fight. I think they're both uh, really well-experienced fighters, both on the ground and on the feet. I like that fight, dude. I think it'd be an interesting one. So, yeah. My answer for what's next for Angie, to me, I'd like to see Virna, Jandaroba, and I think that'll be a really fun fight, uh, and it would make sense for the division. So let's see if they can pull that shit together and make that one happen. So Jim is soon, the traveling man, the man who drives all over the beautiful country of Canada but still has time to put forth some awesome, hilarious, cool videos for us. I ain't no fucking casual, my man. Thank you so much for uh, for calling in again this week, Jim. We love having you on. So... And now, ladies and gentlemen of the Rhino gang and the CSWR fans, we've got a great treat for us today. Coming out of the Bellator 145-pound division, the Featherweights, as they're also known, my special guest today is Big Bad Olga Rubin. So check out her going 10 rounds with Rhino. Hey, everybody out there. We've got ourselves a very special treat today. Joining me on the broadcast today is Big Bad Olga Rubin, Bellator Featherweight. I am so glad you joined us today. Thank you so much for being here today, Olga.
2: You're welcome. I'm happy to be here.
0: Wonderful. So Olga, our first round, uh usually I kind of want to know about the fighter's background like when they kind of started. You have a very unique and eclectic backstory. Uh you, you were born in the in the in Russia, you lived many years in Israel, now you're training in England. Uh, how did you get started in mixed martial arts?
2: Well, uh yes, I'm very eclectic. You can see. I've started actually when I was twenty two, going on twenty-three, and I've watched uh, Ronda Rousey and Misha Tate uh, first fight and it was like completely random on YouTube. And I kinda decided that this is what I wanna do, which makes zero sense obviously.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but um, yeah. That's what kick started everything.
0: So the origin story was just randomly seeing Misha Tate and Ronda Rousey fighting, and now that was the that was the genesis of it all, huh?
2: Yeah. Yeah, that sums it up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, Olga, it's very, it's very interesting that your very first pro fight, at least according to Tapology, was actually in Bellator's promotion. Now, that's a really big promotion to get your start in. What was that like for you to have your first fight be under the bright lights of a, of a Bellator promotion?
2: Um, okay, first of all, it was amazing.
0: <laughs>
2: it was incredible. This is exactly what I wanted to do. Um, but the thing is that I, um, the Bellator announced that they're coming to Israel, and I actually was pregnant at the same time. I was pregnant when they announced they're coming to Israel for the first time. So um, the moment that I uh, had the baby, I had to do like everything in my power to get on that show because like the timing was perfect. I really wanted to do my first pro fight, and uh, I actually did that six months after giving birth, so.
0: That's, that's incredible. So yeah, so overall, the timing worked out really good. You got your first, you cut your teeth, in you know, one of the biggest promotions in the world, which is unbelievable. That's like going from, you know, just training to fighting right in front of thousands and thousands of people. But you embraced it, is what you're telling me. You liked it. I would have been shivering and crying and possibly peed down my leg. So, so good on you for that. Well,
2: who said that this did not happen? <laughs>
0: That's very true. That's a very good point. I, did, I don't know for a fact either way. Um, so Bellator's female featherweight division is, it's unquestionably the best that there is in the entire world. Uh, at six and two, you are right in the mix. Do you have any idea about when we can, like, hope to see you back in the cage?
2: Well, hopefully as soon as possible. Um, I've, I've been... Getting a lot of uh, options lately, but um, right now I have some trouble with some visas. So, sure. therefore, I am extremely ready to fight. I'll take any fight now, ready to fight anybody, very prepared, just need the right facility in the right time. So, uh, it's a matter of just uh, getting the call.
0: Oh, yeah, that sounds great. We, we really want to see you back in there very soon. Um, when did you decide, when and why did you decide to make the transition to uh, Britain top team?
2: Uh, well, I was just before uh, the first fight I had uh, for Bellator when I signed with a promotion. The first uh, the first vote as I signed. And uh, I decided that my training in Israel just wasn't good enough. And as I'm traveling to UK constantly because my mom lives here. Oh, okay. Uh, and I was always a fan of Brad Pickett. So uh, I, I just... Call like I texted him on social media asking if I can join uh, the team for some training and he said yes so uh there I was with my child with well, my two-year-old child
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: just waiting outside the gym uh, in really cold weather just like mm, can I join you guys it <laughs> was really really interesting and they embraced me immediately so I never left
0: <laughs> well obviously it's been a pretty good fit I mean you know that that's one of those uh that's one of those gyms that's producing a lot of talent, and clearly you're a big part of that. Um, kind of speaking of Brad, was there an athlete or a fighter? I know you didn't start till you were 22, but was there a was there somebody you kind of looked up to you as you were a kid that you kind of wanted to to emulate or be like? It could be a fighter, it could just be a regular athlete.
2: Um, not as a kid, no. I don't remember any kind of uh, character that I was really look up, uh, looking up to as a, as a child, but. Yeah, when I got older and I started doing MMA, uh, obviously I started because of uh, Misha and Ronda, but you know I have so so many different people I looked up to during the time. So.
0: Sure. Also, Krzyn um, so,
2: Gano, who is also a fighting for Bellator right now, she just won her pro uh, debut, um, her debut in Bellator, so. She's yeah, one that, of
0: them. That's fantastic, uh, Olga. Both Russia and Israel have very distinctive uh not only cultures but cuisines you know I, I in my show we always have to include at least one food question right so uh, it, I've had I've had many I would have to say that the uh, the the Bellini or the Blintz from Russia is my favorite Russian thing I've ever tried and definitely falafel from Israel is my favorite Israeli cuisine I've ever tried can you kind of tell us your favorite thing from both of these cultures your favorite uh, food that's represented by each of these countries
2: hmm. That that's a different that's a difficult one actually. <laughs> I'm going to think about this. got <laughs> me off guard.
0: I do that sometimes. I'm I'm a wild card. I can't help myself. I apologize.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I do love those Russian salads. I love Olivier and um, Icaro salad. But uh, I would say that would be areyashki, which is um like a sweet uh, cookie-like um dessert, which I really like. And in Israel, I would probably say hummus.
0: Oh yeah, hummus. Have you yeah. seen? Um, I know this might be really silly, but have you seen? Um, have you seen the movie? You don't mess with the Zohan. Oh, 100%. Oh. 100%. <laughs>
2: Wow. Favorite movies for some reason. I don't know the reason, though.
0: Every time I think of I see or think of Hummus, it automatically reminds me of that movie because it is such a running <laughs> gag throughout the entire thing. The dad even puts it into his coffee, which I found hilarious. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> those are those are two great choices. Uh, again, it's six and two. Olga, you're still very young in your career, still very early in your career. Do you have a timetable or set amount of fights that you'd like to get to before hanging the gloves up? And the reason I'm bringing that up is like for me, when I when I first turned pro, I said I wanted to have at least 20 fights, you know. And when I got to 21 and I'd already had a really long career, I thought, okay, that's enough. I feel comfortable hanging them up. Is there a timetable for you or you just kind of want to see how it goes?
2: I really just want to see how it goes because I don't feel like I want to uh, hang the gloves anytime soon. I'm still 31, so I, has, I have right. at
0: least
2: like six, seven years like of being in my peak, in my prime. So I'm not even priming yet, if it makes sense. So it's really early for me to even think about retiring. But I want as many fights as possible. Like I could have done four this year if I could.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, I completely understand. Uh, okay, if you did not go into fighting, could you give me a couple examples of, of a couple professions you could have seen yourself doing that had nothing to do with fighting? Was there anything else that you were really were into or that you liked uh, that you could see yourself have done for a career?
2: I would probably say coaching. But, again, this has to do with martial arts. Uh, since I started, I just don't see myself doing anything other than fighting. So, so many times people have asked me that questions, and I'm just – getting blank <laughs> because, like, <laughs> all i can think about is fighting 24
0: 7. um so i watched i that's that's pretty much all i think about too so i'm right there with you, <laughs> the, <laughs> so the, you just, I, yeah so i watched um i watched a couple of interviews and i and i definitely wanted to stay away from uh asking you what's it like being a fighter as a mother because i saw you ask that question a million times so i didn't want to ask you something you already been asked a million times but uh so if you were to, so we're, we're in our 10th round, right? We're in the 10th question. So if you, like you heard, you know, somebody called you and they said, Olga, we, we love your career. You know, let's say it's a few years down the road. You've already won the Bellator championship and you've already crossed over, had some big, huge mega fights and you're a big star. Um, so we want to make the movie. We want to make the big, bad Olga Rubin story. Who is an actress who you think could play you and do it justice? And I got a couple that I came up with but I'd love to hear who you think first.
2: This is the most intriguing question I've been asked in my
0: life. I'm really good at this job. So I totally understand. Yes, I'm that. sitting
2: here <laughs> completely blanking out. Um,
0: actress.
2: Judy Dench. Oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I was going to say
0: that would be they would need some CGI because the age difference yep. is pretty up there. <laughs> Phenomenal maybe actress. Be, maybe
2: Tilly Dench will be old me once. I'm <laughs> yeah, really she can
0: play people. the she can play the latter years. <laughs> um, I'll tell you who I came, I'll tell you who I came up with Olga, and then you can either co-sign on that, or if you come up. So the two that I came up with were one was Jennifer Lawrence. I thought could play you. You guys are you guys are the same height. She's already proven in some of her movies. She can do the action sequences. And she could kind of take, you know, she could take on a pretty decent Russian accent. If you saw Red Sparrow, her Russian accent's pretty doggone good. Um, so Jennifer Lawrence I don't is one have that a
2: I, Russian accent.
0: I, I, I get it.
2: <laughs> She's going to need to make up an accent because that's what I'm doing.
0: <laughs> I think she will. You will see. Here's the thing. You would be the on-set person to go to. So if you didn't think it was right. However, she was talking, you can make her start over and do it again. You would have that kind of pull on this project. Uh, the other one I came up with was Charlize Theron. I thought she might be able to do a great job playing you uh, as well. So those are the two that I kind of came up with. Have you know what? After
2: watching Mad Max, I would say Charlize Theron is actually a really good option.
0: She's a damn good actress. She's a damn good actress. She's a yeah. badass. She's tall. She's blonde. She can kick ass. And those are, those are all qualities. I'm not blonde
2: anymore. I don't know I what you're talking about. <laughs> You're speaking of a Russian-speaking blonde lady. I'm not that kind of a lady anymore.
0: (laughs) I'm joking. I know you're joking. I'm glad you said that. I knew you were joking. I'm glad you said that, though, because maybe somebody in the audience wouldn't have understood that you were joking.
2: Yeah, I'm being extremely sarcastic today. I'm sorry, guys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm for it. I love it. Uh, Yeah, you could do that all day. So uh, just to to wrap it up. (laughs) The, uh, the, the, the bonus question of the day is, where does the name Big Bad come from? What's the origin story on that, Olga?
2: Well, this is a long one, actually. So um, I had a it. coach, which was coaching me um, when I started my pro career. And uh, it was like after doing a couple of uh, amateur fights, he said, like, you're not just big, because I was like very big for a female in the gym you're also bad, you're like big bad, and then it just kind of happened, and I hated the name at first, like I was like, please don't call me that, just like spikes me, but eventually it kind of grew into me, and then like when I was fighting Cindy Dunn, she started doing all the kinds of uh, costumes and things like that, it just kind of clicked, because she said like, uh, who was afraid of the big bad wolf, and I'm like, oh, that could be a thing. <laughs>
0: And so a, a coach, a coach program. came up with it, and you decided to run with it.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I love it. I think it's the. I think you're the only big bad in the entire sport, which in a uh, in a sport that's full of people who call themselves Pitbull and all sorts of other names, at least yours is signature just to you, don't you think? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm really happy with the name now. My son, <laughs> my son actually calls me big bad. It's so funny.
0: <laughs> that is pretty funny. And one day, you know, he'll be, he'll be eye to eye with you. And maybe he'll just call you bad because you won't be that big to him anymore.
2: Uh, he's going to be bigger than me in probably two years.
0: <laughs> so, the, yeah. <laughs> so, we're getting towards that point where he's going to be not only looking at you straight in the eyes, but he's going to be looking down at you probably, huh?
2: Yeah. I call me small, <laughs> bad. <laughs>
0: little, little bad. Little evil. Yeah, little bad. Like <laughs> yeah, <I love> it. <laughs> well, Olga, Olga, really, again, I got to tell you, um, I I knew that when Brad is the one who's like, you got to talk to Olga, she she's funny and she's engaging and she's cool that I knew you would be because I knew he wouldn't lead me astray. And you've been every bit of that. I really appreciate you joining the show today and going 10 rounds with Rhino. Thank you very, very much. And we'd love to check back in with you again um, after your next fight and see how things have been going. Is that okay with you?
2: My pleasure, Todd. Really? My pleasure.
0: (laughs) absolutely again we uh we all look forward to seeing big bad olga rubin in the bellator cage some point soon and we will talk to you later
2: definitely so this is this was big bad olga rubin and i just went 10 rounds with my
0: name man how cool was that thank you again olga so much for joining us today and shout out to my man brad pickett for uh putting us in contact with you that was very cool really interesting to get to know you on that level i've seen you fight against julia Bud, but didn't know too much else about the story so very, very cool. Thank you so much for having, uh, taking time to come on our show today. So I also want to thank this week's contributors, Cyrus King, Rage the Sweet Potato, Scott Nolan, Dave Fretz, Ryan, the mixed man Jimmy Soon. uh all you guys for participating this week. Uh, I want to give Rhino Gang shout-outs to Mr. B, Trouble, Unsolicited, my dude Raymond, mixed Demand, man Chelsea and Delilah from the TKO pod, to all the homies from the MCCI. Mike G. and Kairos from the Shots Fired pod. My girl, Lanta Brown, who I love, love, love. Andrea, the the legend that is Miss Fight Diva. Both the lovely Pamela's, both the Celestial Queen of Threadhead and MMA Twitter's Emu Aficionado, as well as everybody else who listens to the show. We love you guys. We couldn't do it without you. We are so appreciative you guys tuned in. Please definitely check us out this week. Uh, Shout-outs to Drea d reigns and dave frets the the cswr crew everybody be cool to one another we still got a lot of work to do as far as not only getting rid of this virus but as far as being you know proper human beings to one another. so so be kind to one another black lives matter we love you guys we will see you next week kate side